God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Welcome to another wonderful episode of I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. I'm here with Bob Schneider, my friend in Texas, and uh, we're here to talk for 30 minutes about the things in life that, uh, that bring you joy. Dude, here's what I know about you. You started off in a power lounge. Power lounge, yeah. Dude, you, you started, I mean, I've been doing the thing where I start erect, like Zip. ready to, yeah, ready to go, you know, do some heavy pod yeah, and then slowly relax into a lounge sit. Right, dude, you just started off in a straight up power lounge. It's the podcast version of the of the red power tie. You show up into a meeting, a, a high stakes meeting, which every every week when we do the show, I consider it basically game seven of the World Series, high stakes yeah. pod. But sometimes you got to show up, and although you're well prepared, you take the lounge position. Yeah, it's dude. a power move. You're not fucking around, dude. no. I am having one of those days where I have so much to do today. Like I have so much to accomplish that I had mild anxiety last night, mild sleep anxiety. And I woke up this morning and I'm just like ready to do it. I'm ready to, I'm ready to be at the end of this day and have it be able to lay my head down on my little pillow going, I did all 27 of those things. I got them done. Well, here's what I'm glad that's going to happen this weekend is I'm, you're going to be playing with me on these shows. One of the things I do have to do today is learn all of your songs. Which shouldn't be too well, bad. Well, you, you know most of them. Yeah. You played on a lot of them. Yeah. And uh, it should be pretty easy. I am having this thing as I get older where I'm realizing that to store information in my brain, I'm having to get rid of old information. And that's kind of new for me, maybe the last three to five years. So it'll be interesting. <clears throat> but I definitely need to sit down with all the material. But I'm excited, dude. I'm excited. I'm glad it worked out. We have not played since like October of 2017 or something. Wow. So that's crazy. So it's time. It's time to get that rock and roll garb and put it on our naked bodies mm-hmm. and walk out into the limelight mm-hmm. and let that magic commence. Sun. Under those rock robes are our naked bodies nubile? <laughs> what else would they be, dude? <laughs> fucking sweaty, nubile, little China dolls. Fucking ready. To vibrate and rock the roll out of us. Yes. Dude, if you're not vibrating, you can't rock that roll out. We vibrate at a high frequency. We vibrate at a high frequency even when lounged. I vibrate at the lowest possible frequency. Yeah? Like, yeah. I I vibrate at the same level that like a Mount Vesuvius vibrates. It's like this. This is my vibration level. The thong thing. The thong thing. The thong thing. <laughs> Dude, it's like people would like look at that and go, that's not even a vibration. I'm like, yeah, it is, but it's slow. You should make a whole series of AMSR just noises. I love your noises. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's my next step is I'm going, here's the step rock and roll rocker, podcast talker, ASMR stalker. <laughs> I'm stalking your eardrums with my ASMR. Hospital smocker. Oh, yeah. By the way, that's the end game is hospital smocker. <laughs> <laughs> and then to Jesus talker. <laughs> to uh, Jesus talker. <laughs> that's the very end, but I, I try not to think about that part. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't talk about that. I love that God doesn't and Jesus, they don't ever talk to their followers. <laughs> they, they make them like nebulously pray and hope that, you know, they get a little bit of indigestion or heartburn and they, they wonder if that's God talking to them. I love that God requires like lifelong dedication and, you know, the prostrate adoration and worship of all of his followers. Never says anything to him. Never even, well, you know what? Never even says good job. I love you. Yeah, that might be a bit of a red flag. Speaking of red flags, mm-hmm. dude, I just, I just subscribed to Showtime. I did so too. I could watch. You did? Why? To watch some crap that I watched and then I forgot to fucking take it off. You just reminded me I got to take it off. I did it to watch a uh, Hereditary. Same thing. I I so I have Apple TV and they had one free episode of UFO, this new J.J. Abrams mm. documentary. That is the best one I've seen, dude. Okay. Well, maybe I'll watch it because I have Showtime now, unfortunately. Yeah. You only need to watch the first episode, really. Um, The first episode is so cool. And the thing I like about it is they just have all of this UFO footage, like the actual footage, kind of all together. And when you see it all together, dude, it's so nice. I mean, it's just that this perfect segue into what I was talking about. Again, the way I see it is the UFO thing is exactly like God. Our projection of needing something other than ourselves to save us from ourselves. God, aliens, same thing. You know, why don't they talk to us? Why do they never communicate with us? Dude, why am I not talking to that raccoon that's in my goddamn (laughs) trash right now? I'll tell you why. Because that raccoon has rabies and it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to fuck with it. And maybe aliens are like that with us. Maybe they're like, I know, but it's like the raccoon came into your world. We're not like going and visiting aliens. They're like, yo, beneath me, yo, but the buzzing of flies to us with aliens. They're coming into our world and to observe. I love the idea too, that like they desperately want to observe us because we're so special. Oh, they want to see what we're doing with our nuclear weapons. They want to make sure we're uh, being responsible with these technologies. Oh, really? They're that worried about us. They're so worried about us. They won't just be like, hey, we're aliens. We come in peace, motherfucker. Yeah, but maybe it's like maybe it's like how I feel about God, which is like, just because I don't know what God is, and I don't think anybody does, mm-hmm. um, doesn't mean there's no God. And just because maybe most of the UFO shit's explainable, like 99% of it's like, oh, that's a weather balloon, or that's something right. else, or that's this. Right. Um, just because a lot of it's ex- explainable, some of it defies explanation. I, I'm with and you. I'm with you. Some of I, it, some yeah. of it doesn't just just flat out is like, well, I don't know what that is, and it's and it's fun, and I I, I enjoy it just the same way I enjoy like thinking about what heaven is and asking a bunch of questions about what that would be like. Like it's just fun to I'm think with you. about. I'm with but, you. But uh, ultimately, yeah, at this point, I mean, that's the one thing they hammer in this UFO documentary is like. There's just no proof, proof. There's right. just videos and ideas and people saying this happened, but there's no like, you know, there's no dead alien body. There's no spaceship. That I respect found, that. So. I respect that they're saying that. And I, I know I'm hard on this stuff and I'm hard on the religion thing. I get it. But you should have talked to me 10 years ago if you think I'm hard on it now. But I'm not saying that I know that there's no God or no aliens. I think with how many galaxies there are in an ever-expanding universe that the likelihood that there are there is no other life out there is so low like i believe there's other life in the universe i just think statistically you have to 
and God, God unknowable. I don't know the versions of it. We all make up and stuff that I find that hard to believe. I'm very skeptical yeah, yeah. about all that. I, I'm with you, obviously. Um, dude, they showed this picture from the Hubble telescope that I guess I'd never, maybe I'd seen it, but I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, this is the farthest we've ever seen anything from the Hubble telescope. Yeah. And it's just this, it looks like a star field, yeah, but they're like they're every galaxies. one of those stars yeah. is a galaxy. And it just, my mind just went, Ugh. it's called the Hubble deep field. We have a big paint, a uh, portrait of it in our house. It looks just like the night sky, right. except every point of light you see is a fucking galaxy not a star that shit is bonkers and and, and honestly this all sort of dovetails together because it's like first of all and that's just one picture of a blank part of space over the course of like a a week or whatever however they do the deep field pictures that's what's in nothing is as far as far as the eye can even uh, calculate endless galaxies which themselves are made up with trillions of stars which our sun is but one so two things happen to me that dovetail number one there's other life out there. It's ridiculous to when you know that there's that much going on. Number two, the idea that we're special as a human species, like like God made us and put us on Earth and stuff. That stuff just evaporates into the into the morning mist, dude. Because it's so big, it's so big that um, Carl Sagan called it the Great Demotion. Because the more you learn about the world, the more you're like, we're so small, and that's I think that's painful. It's painful for me. That's a painful conclusion. I just got a, I just got a text from the raccoon people, and they're like, "Oh, of course, we're gonna come out and get it, but it'll be a little bit before we get there." I'm like, "Is that raccoon gonna survive all day in the heat inside that garbage can?" Well, probably. I don't know. Did they charge you to come grab the raccoon? I'm curious about that. Dude, they charged me so much money to get the raccoon. I will call these people in for the next ten years, and if they ever charge me another penny, I will. <laughs> shoot them with my non-existent gun because no, i won't shoot them i'll just dude they no they they owe me yeah i paid them when i told my friends how much i paid them and they also had the same kind of service at their place they told me how much they paid and i paid 20 times yeah you know what they paid you know what's interesting about you isbel's like this too you you're not a big like let me get a second opinion guy no i am now I am now. Yeah, you know, you learn. You learn the hard way. Well, I learned the hard way. I'm gonna. Tell I don't it. learn the easy way. I'm also slow to learn. I'm with you on that. This is the birthday speech that I give every year. I'm usually on the road. I'm usually with a bunch of buddies. I'm usually having a few cocktails. I usually stand up on a table, some sort of place of elevation, so that I can speak to the masses. A sermon on the mount, if you will. And this is my birthday yeah. speech. Yeah. And I quote from one Alanis Morissette: "You live, you learn." You love, you hold learn. Up, hold up, zip it up. You live, you you live, you learn. Okay, got it. You live, you learn. Got it. You cry, you laugh, you lose, you learn. That's that would make a good song. You overpay for a raccoon, uh, you know, t- to declutter the raccoons, the raccoon infestation. You learn. Yeah. You you're driving in traffic and you think you got you've got to pass a little gas, and you fill up your pants with a little poopy. You learn. How about these guys? who like do the wildlife rescue stuff or management, whatever you want to call it. Like, they're just like, I can't believe this guy can't deal with this fucking little baby raccoon in his trash. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. Pay them to deal with it. <laughs> they really do get you in a bind unless you're the kind of guy. And I imagine there are a lot of these people in Texas that's like, 
well, I'm just going to shoot this goddamn thing or whatever I, people do. The, Alabama, same deal. I ain't calling nobody for raccoon. Or they'll just fucking put on some work gloves and and get a bat. No. And and just go to go to work. No, I just I'm just rejecting that for myself. Or get a cage or whatever. No. I don't know what people do. Like if I had a truck, I guess I could put the whole garbage can in the truck, take it out <laughs> to a field somewhere and let it loose in a field, but I don't have time for that and I don't have a truck. Well, and listen, man, you don't want to fuck around with a raccoon. Now, no, I'm sure someone I listening don't. is like, Clint's a big old fucking scaredy cat. I do not give a fuck. I am not fucking with dude, a raccoon. Dude, I'm a scaredy cat. No, I'm not fucking with no raccoon. I'm not fucking either. with a raccoon, I'm not dude. fucking with shit, dude. I'm if there a was dad. a rat in there, I wouldn't. Dude, if there was a rat in there, I wouldn't fuck with it. Now, if if we're, let's, let's, let's take it back to the primitive times. Oh, okay. All right. Can dude, we do that? Can we hop I'm, in the old time dude, machine? What year? 100,000 BC? 1 BC. I'm there. 1 BC. Oh, really? No, let's, let's, why can't we go back even further? Let's go further. Let's go, let's just. Let's go 100,000 BC. It's got a nice round number to 100, it. 100,000 BC? 100,000, no bread. Nobody's making bread. Nobody figured out how to take the wheat and turn it into <laughs> I was thinking more point. like we're still in societies, but you want to go back to like, yeah, okay, all right. We're, I'm going to go back to the cave. Loner, we're in the cave. Times, yeah. Lightning struck a tree, so we've got some fire going. We've got the ember. We figured the ember thing out. Mm-hmm. The ember thing, the ember has been in our family now for five generations, which is 17 years. You know how there's like, we always talk about the buffalo on the wall. Like, oh, it's the first portrayal of art. Did they draw the lowly buffalo because they admired its beauty or because it was a source of nourishment and food and warmth? I love the idea of cave paintings just being filled with dicks. <laughs> like They show the buffalo one because that's nice. Right. But here's what everyone's been obsessed with since we had sentience. Fucking and penises and all right well sex. here's what's not on the cave wall dicks titties is what's on there <laughs> there's just a bunch of titties in, but then they're like oh that's the sun dude speaking of oh wait let me get my point across oh i was gonna say let's put me put me back in those times dude we're at 100,000 bc if right there's now. a raccoon like if my kid we're eating it. if my kid's in the back of the cave and there's a raccoon on its way to my kid I'm picking that thing up with my bare hands and probably tearing its throat out with my teeth. But guess what? We don't live then. Dude, here's what we're doing. If we find a raccoon and it's 100,000 BC, guess what we're doing? Eating tonight. Right. But we don't live in that time now. Now we live in a time where the most powerful computers in the world, the most powerful computers in the world are in our fucking pocket. So I'm not touching a raccoon. I'm putting a, no. I'm putting a stone on the trash can lid and I'm calling an I expert. I put an old rusty barbell Good. on top of the Great. lid. So you got some exercise while you did it. I got some exercise, a pumped iron. Now, speaking of dicks on the cave wall. But if I go out there, dude, if I go out there and that barbell's on the ground. <sighs> look out. Dude, if that barbell's on the ground. It's a two-week period that you're going to feel weird in your backyard if that raccoon gets out. No, I know I've had a raccoon. Every day I go out there and there's trash on the ground because raccoon gets in there every night. And then today, for some reason, my manager came over and had to throw something in the trash. And when he threw something in the trash... There was a little raccoon looking at him. Mm-hmm. And then I walked up and he's like, hey, man, you got a raccoon in your trash. And then I went up there and I bumped the trash and no movement, nothing. And I'm like, are you sure he's in there? And he's like, he's in there. I'm like, let me go get this barbell. I get the barbell, put it on top, shake the whole thing, nothing. No movement, no sounds. That's a and cool like, ass raccoon, sh- man. He's Are you sure cool he's in still there. in there? And he's like, yep. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to lift this up. You lift it up and look in there because I ain't lifting shit. I'm not getting near that goddamn raccoon. 
And he lifted it up and he looked and he said, yeah, he's all tucked into that trash bag in there. Just chilling. It's one thing to see evidence of it. It's like one thing to see a spider web. But when you see the spider, yeah, you feel weird about it. Especially if you try to kill the spider and you miss. I don't kill spiders. I try not to, man, but sometimes I do. But listen, speaking of dicks on the wall, I wanted to talk about this. I finally watched Malice in the Palace. Right? Did I did I steer you wrong? Um, I, I mean, I love watching stuff about basketball. I love the game of basketball so much. So in that sense, I enjoyed it. I find the I find I, I wasn't watching basketball in two thousand four. I didn't know who Ron Test was. I didn't know those guys. I found the whole thing pretty boring. Like it. It didn't seem to warrant a 90-minute film. I loved the Reggie Miller stuff because I love him so much. How cool is Reggie Miller? I, I would watch a whole... Doc- I mean, in fact, there's a really good 30... It's the first 30 for 30 they ever made that's about basically Reggie Miller's Reggie Miller just destroying the Knicks. It was, I think it's called Reggie Miller versus the Knicks, but I mean, he's a and Hall of Famer. Did he, did he ever win a, no, a championship? No, and I'll tell you why. Two words. Michael Jordan. No, oh, Michael right. Jordan. In Reggie Miller's prime, he had to play against Michael Jordan. So Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan kept a lot of great players from rings, dude. Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Patrick Ewing, John Starks, Reggie Miller. These are all some of the greatest players of the 90s. In fact, Kim Lajuan only got two rings the two years Michael wasn't playing basketball in the 90s. So Michael showed a lot of great players down, man. Reggie had another chance after Michael, but it's in the documentary. They lost to the Lakers. Well, it looked like they were going to win that year. That's what they that say. That's pretty easy to say, but it does. That's that's the the narrative is that was like one of Reggie's last years. It was his 18th, whatever, 17th season. And because they got into a fight and broke the team up, they couldn't win. And I don't know about that. He had a lot of time to win a championship. But how about how about... You can see in Ron Artest, even in his current interviews, there's something a little strange about him, man. Dude, if the dude, if you change your name to World Meta, whatever his <laughs> yeah. name is now. Meta World Peace. If your name is Meta World Peace, <laughs> if you're leading with my name is Meta World Peace, dude, that's... He's not very chill, called, is he? That's called the RF, dude. The road flog. Did you know about that? The brawl that happened was that something that was on no, your like dude, cultural radar? I've never watched basketball in my life ever. The only thing I ever watched was I watched the Michael Jordan slam dunk championship when he won it that year. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I ever watched. And I watched when Larry Bird did the three point shooting. Oh yeah, that's great. Other than that, I never watched any basketball. There's a good. Why, why would I? There's a really. good... What do I look like? Look what do at, I look? Look, look, look at me right you now. You look like a guy that looks, look at my look at my green glasses. You look like a guy that admires nice things. Basketball is a b- beautiful game. I can't watch no basketball. Okay, well let me tell you this. You might like this. There's a really good documentary on HBO about Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, kind of their rivalry. I've seen it. Love it. I loved it. It made me want to go that. watch a bunch of old Celtics games. All right, let me ask Love you this: Are you a Larry Bird or a Magic Johnson guy? Larry Bird. Me too. Why? I am too. But uh, why? I don't know. I just, I have a hard time. <laughs> I have a hard time with dudes who just fucked thousands of chicks. <laughs> like anybody who fucked thousands of chicks, I'm like, uh-uh. I love that. That's what I, it and is I think for it's. You. I think it's probably envy, but then also something about it. Just something about it. Just like somebody like LeBron James, who 
seems to be like a family man. Like I find that way, way more commendable. Like I admire him so much more than I do Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain or anybody who's just, you know, fucked a million chicks. Well, I think the magic thing it's, well, I'll say I like Larry Bird because I like the idea of the sort of quiet stone cold killer. I love that man a few words but he will fucking murder he, he he will talk the most trash and he will fucking back it up i love that about just quiet indiana boy don't get me wrong i love i love magic johnson i do too he's so likable and i mean the the reason i like larry bird more is because i think that he didn't fuck a bunch of chicks even though he may have but it's a close race dude because magic johnson is so likable the thing about magic i think that gets a little the, the you know there's someone putting their foot on the scale because when he got diagnosed with HIV which was one of the you know biggest events in sport american sports history when him retiring like at his peak because he had HIV the idea that he was had HIV because he was gay and homophobia was, was a huge part of the black community in the early 90s so there was a huge narrative push that he got HIV because of all the chicks he was having sex with so the idea of him being that guy kind of became a narrative that may or may not be true. Or like, I think it's like overblown. I think he was having a good time. He was living in LA, good looking guy, basketball player, super talented, but he didn't become like the magic's fucking chicks guy until after he had HIV. Right. But I mean, I think all of those guys, yeah. Basketball players, as far as I can tell, all those guys are hammering yeah. a lot. Well, there's they're, that they're scene, mowing, mowing down the forest. There's that scene in the tiger woods documentary when tiger's finally starting hanging out with Michael Jackson. Not ja- I mean Michael, Michael Jordan. <laughs> not hanging out with Michael Dude, Jackson. <laughs> how about Michael Jackson not hooking up with anybody? Like, okay, he's Michael Jackson. He could hook up with anybody in the world, and he's hooked up with one chick one time on national TV, Priscilla Presley, and Lisa, kissed Lisa one Marie. chick. Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie. He kissed Dude. her on TV, and it was the most Dude. awkward, unbelievable thing ever. Dude! Oh, no. He's just never grew up. He just never grew up. No, dude. Dudes, here's here's what dudes are. Murdering rapists. Period. Jesus. That thing at the end is period. So whatever they want to rape, that's what they're doing. If they're not hooking up with chicks, they're hooking up with dudes. And if they're not hooking up with chicks and dudes, they're hooking up with something else. Period. God. Jesus Christ, dude. What I was going to say is... Hindsight's twenty twenty, dude. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the, the venerable pastor, Bob Schneider. Um, dude, how, how, fucking, how fucking horrible would it have been for Tiger Woods to be hanging out with Michael Jackson? Hey, man, you want to go to the club? Uh, no. I think there's <laughs> no. a Chuck E. Cheese around here somewhere. <laughs> the fucking Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> dude, that's horrible. K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Dude. No, but he, uh, t- Tiger's worst. asking Michael Jordan, like, what do I say to these girls? And I love Michael Jordan's like, tell them your name is Tiger Woods. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a part. Two words. Tiger. One word. Tiger. Well, look, man, I've, oft- I've often said it to people. I'm like, if you're, if the person you love, and I'm talking capital L, I'm talking real shit. If the person you love is in a big movie, joins the Los Angeles Lakers, has wins a Grammy, 
whatever those things are. Bye bye. Because a, bye bye. a new world has opened up to them. It's like a whole pantry of food you've never tasted. Because you never had access to the you never had access to cheesecake or strawberries or whatever the fuck. This is just the world we live in. Where beauty is king and fame is king. Someone opens that door and then they're like, but don't eat it. But it's this is now here. We keep it locked up, but we, you have the key. They're going to eat it, baby. Maybe after a certain age, that's not true. Maybe if you're George Clooney, or not George Clooney, but who is it that was like, oh, oh, Hugh Jackman. He's been married to the same lady for like 25 yeah, no, years. No, Hugh Jackman, though, has got to be gay. I know right? the rumors, but everyone go look at Hugh Jackman's wife. And then he was married. He married her before he got super famous. Now, mate, let's just take that at face value. He didn't. I mean, he didn't eat the fruit in the pantry. Okay. All right. And he's in a lot of musicals. <laughs> and he looks, I mean, he's jacked. Well, he's Hugh, Jack, all, Hugh Jackman. <clears throat> well, I'm just saying. It is in his name there, isn't it? Jack Man. But I mean, who know? you never know. He might be one of those guys. But I mean, look at Mel Gibson. He's super religious. He was married. He fucked a bunch of bitches. So, you know, what can you do? Dude, dudes are dudes. Period. Well, I think <clears throat> I think women do it too. I mean, I think I think if you if you make yeah. a whole slice of this life which is mostly struggle, if you if you make a whole slice of that open and it's a nice slice, most people are going to take a bite of it, man. Yeah. Life is hard. And you may Brady Ellis was talking about a married co- a friend of his who's been married forever. It was like one of his friends from college, not a famous person. And you know how it is, dude. You know how relationships are. You're you're privy to what can be tough about relationships. You and I are both both been divorced and blah blah blah. He said he was having dinner with his friend, three kids, married twenty five years, whatever. And the wife said, "Hey, I'm just out of the blue. Like, hey, I'm divorcing you. I'm out. I'm leaving." And he's like, "What? Why?" And he said, "She goes, well, I'm not attracted to you anymore." And his response was, "Are you fucking kidding me? You think I'm attracted to you?" He was like so offended. He's like, how dare you? That's the reason? Of course we're not attracted to each other. We've been together forever. We have three kids. That takes it out of you. But we all stay together because life's hard and you want a partner. And you, if you hang in there long enough, you have these revolutions of coming back around and sort of rediscovering your partner, the, the depths and the levels of the beauty and the intimacy deepen and blah, blah, blah. But throw that little slice of light. Let's say I, let's say I win a Grammy next year. That's going to get real hard. It's going to get real hard when Rihanna wants to do a duet with me. And I think my wife would understand that. (laughs) No, she wouldn't. (laughs) By the way, uh, the answer to that is no. I'm going to ask her later today because I'm sincerely curious. Like if she was in a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and she was like, look, me and Leonardo DiCaprio are falling in love. Of course, I wouldn't like it. I love my wife. I don't want her to be with Leonardo DiCaprio. But there is a part of me that would be like, of course, you got to go be with Leonardo DiCaprio. What am I? I'm going to tell you, you can't do that. Well, that's true love. That is true love, isn't it? You really, that's true love. You really that's want, when you true, when you really love someone is when you want them to be happy. Now, is being with you going to make her happier than being with Leonardo DiCaprio? Probably. So maybe it's not true. Pound love. for pound. Pound for pound. Leonardo DiCaprio is just going to fuck her in the butthole, (laughs) fill her butt with cum, and then have her lick all the cum off his shitty dick, (laughs) and then slap her around, and then have her eat his ass. And then he's going to leave her. 
And then she's going to go, what do I do now? I guess I go home to my husband. (laughs) And nobody, and here's who's not going to be cool with that. You are not going to be cool with that. And she's going to say, I need to tell you what happened. And you're going to say, don't say a word. I think if those exact events transpired in that order, I will have turned a pretty significant corner on the relationship. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're out of time. Well, it was nice hanging out with you guys. We love you guys. We're a day late, but that's uh, that's because we had some uh, had some Internet issues yesterday. But uh, nevertheless, we are here to bring you joy little escape from the daily grind of life. Hopefully you have a nice image of Leonardo DiCaprio's butthole now. And uh, you know what to do. Go support our other podcast. Check out the uh, IOK Patreon. Leave us that review. We got the shirts that are available. There is a link in the little podcast app that you're using right now. You click on that link. You can buy a shirt. They're only available for another week or two. And uh, we love you guys. And we'll see you on the flip-flop. Peace. Peace. Peace.